Hey everybody, welcome back to One Mic, where I watch shit so you don't have to. And today I'm here to talk about the latest entry into the Marvel Cinematic Universe entitled Shang-Chi and the Legend of the Ten Rings. Now, this is my first time going back to the theater since like January 2020, so it's been a while. Um, I've always been an avid film goer. Um, I love going to the theater, but I think I realized during the pandemic with all the movies coming out on streaming that um, my love of the theater was less about the experience of going to the theater and more so that being the avenue to which I could watch the movie the fastest without having to wait several months down the road. So putting this stuff out on streaming where I can watch it on the day it comes out you know, from the comfort of my home has been dope for me. But Shang-Chi being put into uh, theaters only forced me to go out to forced me to go out to the theaters. And I got to lie, I didn't I didn't have any problem with that. You know, I was fine with going to the theater, but um if it if it came out on streaming yesterday, I would I mean today I would have watched it uh at home and I wouldn't have gone to the theater. But uh having said that, let's talk about the movie. So, um I purposely kept myself fairly uh out of touch with um news regarding this film, right? Because you know, it's a new character that the MCU is introducing. Um, you know, there's there's a whole lot riding on this with the Asian representation, and I didn't want to go in with any kind of uh, any kind of biases or, or even any kind of expectations. Like, oh, I know I'm going to see this, or I know I'm going to see that, and that helped me get a few surprises along the way, which I thought were pretty cool. But um, starter for for starters, I thought that the film is probably among the stronger uh, origin films for for a character in the MCU. Um, it has a very different, very very different feel to it than um well everything else in the mcu to be honest um and i found that to be really really refreshing um actually i was to the point where uh probably about an hour into the film i was like this is probably going to be near the top of my origin films not overall in the mcu but near the top of the origin films unfortunately i felt like you know it had a couple issues in the back half of the film which i'm going to get to probably a little bit later that that don't that don't have me on as high of a level as I was probably during that first hour. But um, all in all, this is a really solid entry into the MCU, a really solid origin story. This is light years better than Black Widow. Like, you know, a, a really solid, just, you know, a good way to start this phase and a good way to introduce this character and a, to introduce an entire, an entirely different genre of film into the MCU. So um, I'm going to start by talking about some of the things that I really, really liked about this. And some of these things I would wager are not things that other people would put as much weight on, but I'm going to talk about why those things were important to me. Uh, I love the fact that this felt like a modern day Kung Fu movie. It simultaneously paid homage to a lot of what we saw in Kung Fu movies in the past. It felt very, um, it felt very true to the genre but it also felt very present day. Like he's out here like fighting in Jordans and shit like that. Like, like, like that's the kind of stuff that, you know, how you kind of like meld the, the, the tradition with the modern day. Um, I felt like the, uh, the first half of the movie, which primarily takes place in San Francisco, uh, it, it, it did the best job of, of melding traditional Kung Fu films with modern day action films. The uh, the fight scene on the bus was incredible. I loved that action sequence. And I'm like, okay, this, 
it, it, it was fun. It was, it had every feel of like a Kung Fu movie. It was still very kind of like modern. You got motherfucking, um, what was it? Razor fist out here fucking with the, the knife protruding from his arm, like all kinds of cool shit. And th that scene was incredible. I loved it. And then later they're escaping from this like fight club that his sister runs and they're leaving the, they're leaving the fight club trying to get out before, uh, the, the members of the 10 rings come and he goes out onto a balcony, and in my head, I thought, if they have a fight scene on this scaffolding, I said balcony, I meant scaffolding, if they have a fight scene on this scaffolding, my God, and sure enough, they did, and I'm like, oh, this is so fucking cool. I'm like, if, they, if you give me, give me two more fight scenes like this, and this is going to be near the top of my MCU origin films, because the, the, like up to that point, I was fully into this movie. I'm like, I fuck with this heavy. Like, I was really, really enjoying myself. Um, eventually they go to, uh, China, I, be, be aware, uh, since I was in a theater, I wasn't able to take notes like I normally would do. So a lot of this or all of this, I'm going to just kind of like have to remember off the top of my head. So if I'm wrong about a location or a name or something like that, give me a pass. But, um, they go to, I'm assuming China, right? <laughs> and, uh, the film kind of drags a little bit in the middle we 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 needed to get you know some uh some necessary backstory and some explanations for some of the motivations of the characters moving forward later in the film but i felt like a little bit too much of that was packed into the middle probably could have used like it spread out uh you know like uh you know a backstory fight scene backstory fight scene backstory fight you know something like that to where it doesn't feel like you have action packed first say 45 minutes then a a kind of like long drawn out kind of 30 to 45 minutes of 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 backstory and conversation and then your climax. Uh, but uh, that was something that it, it didn't really bother me because I, I like and need to learn about what, you know, what's up with these characters in the past, why they are behaving the way they are behaving, you know, their motivations, that kind of stuff. So I need to know that. So I like getting it, but I did feel like it was a little bit long uh, within the middle, like basically a long time before we got another, I think, viable action scene. And then Another thing that I really liked was, and th this is the thing that I feel like a lot of people probably aren't going to appreciate as much as I did. And that's not me trying to like put myself on a pedestal or anything like that, but it's just something that I personally know that I, I notice that I don't see other people talking about. And I really like the fact that a good portion of this film, when I say a good portion, I don't mean like a couple of scenes. I mean, like there's a lot of this, a good portion of this film is in Chinese with subtitles. And that really that really helped me buy in. Cause like, it, I always notice when I'm watching something where an American character is in a different country and everybody speaks English. Like I always notice that. And, and it always takes me out of it. Like they did it most recently on Falcon and Winter Soldier. You know, they go to Latvia and everybody's speaking English. And I'm like, I, like that just takes me out of it. Especially as, as, I'm not trying to flex here, but as someone who's traveled out of the country, um, it resonates with me, the, the, the language barrier, you know, going places and having to wonder like, okay, is this person going to speak English at all? Do I need to break out some kind of translator app on my phone? Like that's one of my primary concerns whenever I'm out of the country is, is the communication barrier. So when I see characters going to different countries and everybody speaks English, it's like, oh, how convenient. And I always look at that as a, an indictment on the audience. Like our audience isn't going to want to read subtitles. And that's probably true, but it still, it, 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 takes me out of it because immediately you lose all credibility as far as like what I'm supposed to believe. And when we talk about suspending disbelief, I can't do that. You can't expect me to just go like, okay, I could see how 
every single person in Latvia speaks English. Like, you, you, I can't do that. So the fact that they had a whole lot of Chinese with English subtitles, I, I really, really liked that. And because it, it felt authentic. Aquafina does not speak Chinese in this. And she openly says, I don't, I don't speak that. And then you see her having to uh, kind of like interpret what she's being directed to do by other characters just based on like their energy and hand movements and body language. And I appreciate that because that feels real. Like if you're in China and you're in the middle of like a battle or something and you don't speak Chinese, you're relying on somebody's pointing and energy and, and whatever the case may be to, to help you figure out what you need to do. And I felt that with her in several moments and that felt authentic to me. And then it also helps when you actually cast people who are of that background. So like if they had done, you know, if they had whitewashed the character and uh, cast a white guy in there, then you you create a whole new situation, right? Is that white guy going to go to China and be able to speak Chinese? Am I supposed to believe that? Or is this white guy going to go to China and everybody speaks English? Am I supposed to believe that? But you send Shang-Chi to China and he's speaking Chinese with other Chinese people and that resonates as real to me. So like, I, like I said, I know that's something that, that's not going to be discussed a lot. But I notice that because I notice it when it goes the other way around. And I love that authenticity that they put to this. So when I talk about the, the melding of your, your traditional Kung Fu with modern day stuff, like I liked that I, I, I felt like I was watching a Kung Fu film authentically, like not, not something that like a Marvel based Kung Fu film where it's like, yeah, you got some like kicking and punching and shit. And then the rest of it feels like a standard fucking superhero movie. Like it didn't feel that way. So I really appreciated that. So they had me at those first two uh, fight scenes, which I thought were incredible. I, I really enjoyed those. Then they got me with a nice little, uh, <laughs> a nice little introduction of, um, oh, I can't say introduction, but a, a surprise appearance from Ben Kingsley. Like now, maybe those of you who pay closer attention to all the, you know, all the news stories and whatnot knew that Ben Kingsley was going to appear in this. I don't know if that was a big secret. Or if it was something that was kind of known among people who are less skittish about looking into the news and whatnot. I really only pay, a ditch, pay attention to production stuff because I don't really want to get spoiled or biased. So like, you know, has production started? Has production ended? Where are we at in post-production? When is the release date? And then like major casting, like major casting, like, you know, who's playing Shang-Chi is, you know, something like that. You know, but like stuff like that, like, oh, Ben Kingsley was spotted on set. Like, I, I don't, you know, I, I try to avoid that kind of shit. So I don't get spoiled by it. And I really thought that it was a nice touch to have like uh, kind of like canonically, uh, like kind of like not, not, I don't want to say like, like kind of like change the canon, but like um, to have it where it's like, okay, we're going to bring in Ben Kingsley as Trevor, uh, do I have it up here? Trevor Slattery. Oh, that's what I was thinking, but I was, I was 100% sure. We're going to bring in the guy that we had pretend to be the Mandarin. In, in Iron Man 3, and we're going to have him captured by the guy who actually is the owner of the Ten Rings in this film. So, like, I thought that was a nice touch. He did a good job of kind of like a little bit of comic relief in there, and you can accept that a little bit more now that you already know what that character is about, if you've seen Iron Man 3, obviously. And it makes it so that you, you, you I don't want to say hate that character, because I know a lot of us, me being included, came away very disappointed with what they you know, that, that, that twist that they did with the Mandarin in Iron Man 3. And to have such a sour taste in your mouth for a character and then to bring that character back in a positive way, I thought that was a nice kind of like turnaround and a nice surprise to have Ben Kingsley in there. 
Um, what else did I like? Oh, uh, the visuals are incredible. I, uh, incredible. Like, I, it's, it's like a, uh, when you think of, of Black Panther, right? You, you, you're getting to Wakanda and you're seeing, like, like it looks amazing. And it feels like, okay, you got like a, a, a like how I say this is kind of like modern day in Kung Fu. You got like modern day, modern Africa with like futuristic technology and shit. And it looks so up to date and advanced and all that looks really, really cool. And this looked very like traditionally like Kung Fu movies, traditionally like what you would see uh, uh, in a Kung Fu movie in China, but very vibrant, very lush, beautiful um, choreography, kind of like in, in like training sequences where it's like the the training is almost like a dance. Like I, I loved that, that homage to, uh, to traditional Kung Fu. So like that shit was dope. Um, like the, like I said, visuals are, are off the charts throughout the entirety of this movie. But the one thing that I didn't like, and this is something that happens in the vast majority of comic book movies. And it, it bothered me here too. I don't like when, um, characters or objects have undefined power sets where they just can do stuff and you don't even know what it is. It's like, it could be some, some sort of energy burst or projection or expose, like whatever. It's like, they're just doing shit. And the ending of this movie, the very ending, not the entire climax, uh, cause the entire climax is kind of like a big battle, but the very, very, uh, uh, end of the movie is, is it's virtually incomprehensible what the fuck's going on. You got dragons flying around. You're in, camera's in real tight. You got cam you got dragons, you got water splashing, all kinds of CGI shit, rings doing whatever the fuck. Like, what does that even mean? Uh, there's no kind of like, there's no explanation for what the rings can or can't do. They say at the beginning of the movie that the rings gave uh, the owner, uh, you know, uh, 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 unlimited life and, and power, right? Okay. <laughs> so that encompasses virtually anything. Right. And like that fucks with me because like it fucks up the stakes when you don't know what can and can't be done. And, and if there are any limitations or whatnot, and especially when you don't know literally what the rings are doing. So like, for instance, like to look at Green Lantern's ring, right? We know what Green Lantern's ring can do. It has a very defined, uh, uh, skills, I don't want to say skill set, as a very defined power set. Like, this is what it does. There is no, this is what it does for the rings outlined in the movie. They just do shit. And like, when you get to the end of the movie, and I'm fine with them just doing shit, as long as what I'm seeing makes sense. Like, okay, I see you shoot your arm out and the rings go flying, or you shoot your arm out and an energy burst comes from the rings. I, my brain can make sense of that. But when... You got now like the rings flying off of one person and then floating in the air and rotating. I'm sitting there like, does that supposed to mean that now somehow the rings are attracted to Shang-Chi? And like, like, I, like, what does this even mean? And now he's in control of the rings and now they change the colors. And now he's flying around on a dragon and he's doing shit with ring, wing, rings and it's exploding and water gushing everywhere. It's like, what the fuck is this? Like, what is even happening? And I hate that. I hate it. And that fucked up the movie for me to a degree. Like, I still really like this movie, obviously, based on everything that I've said already. But that little portion at the end where they're, like, fighting on, like, the backs of dragons and, and they're fighting... Like, that was such a visual clusterfuck with no real idea of, like, okay, this is what is happening. That that really fucked it up for me because I hate when comic book movies do that. And they do it a lot. Um, immediately, what comes to mind is, like... 
uh, I think it's like X-Men Apocalypse. It's one of those. Um, yeah, I think it was Apocalypse because I don't think it was Days of Future. But it's something where like Magneto's just floating in the air and there's just a bunch of shit flying around him or something. It's like, what is this? Like, and then the other example I think is uh, Suicide Squad ends like that, the original really shitty one. That has the same kind of thing going on. The characters floating in the air and shit's just happening around them. Wonder Woman does the same thing, which is why I say that the Wonder Woman ending is why I don't agree that Wonder Woman is like this pinnacle of the DCEU because I feel like the whole final act of Wonder Woman is shit. So like, I, can't, I can't really get on board with that. It, and it kind of is still the best despite the whole final act being shit, but that's neither here nor there. And this movie doesn't do that in, in the whole final act, but just that final sequence that really bothered me because I'm just watching that like I don't even know what the fuck this is like I like I just see dragons flying water swooshing and rings doing stuff like I, I whatever but um oh man I can't I can't think of this well, what else I want to talk about I feel like there was something else character based oh we see Wong which is pretty cool um he he participates in, in this fight club and then just like dips and then comes back later oh um credit scenes we get a cool mid-credit scene, a really cool mid-credit scene, actually. This is, this is a really good mid-credit scene. I'm not going to spoil it. And um, a really, uh, and we get a post-credit scene as well. But post-credit scene is a little bit more run-of-the-mill, kind of like what you would expect. But the mid-credit was, was pretty informative. So I, I enjoyed that. We get to see... Well, actually, I am going to spoil it because I've, I've spoiled other stuff, right? I've, I've talked about Mandarin, uh, well, Slattery showing up and Ben Kingsley. So I've spoiled that. I'm just going to call this a spoiler video. and I'm going to talk about the mid-credit scene a little bit. Um, the mid credit scene, Wong comes through, uh, his portal into a bar that Shang-Chi and, uh, Katie, which is Aquafina's character, are in telling their friends about the whole experience of what happened. And it sounds ridiculous, of course, until, you know, she, they're telling the story. It sounds ridiculous. These, these, this couple isn't believing it. And then Wong appears out of the background through the, through the portal doing, doing the thing. And, uh, he takes them back through the portal and they're examining like the the origin, trying to figure out the origin of the rings. And they have a a, a, a holographic appearance of both Bruce and uh, Carol Carol Danvers, and they're both kind of like stumped by you know where the rings come from, what they're made of. They say that they're a homing beacon of sorts that are calling out to some unknown entity. But I think most of them know, at least for me, is that it's Bruce. You, if you recall in Endgame, he was uh, uh, Professor Hulk the whole time. And if you also recall, after he uh, used the gauntlet to bring everyone back, his arm was all fucked up. We see him here as Bruce. And also of note, Ruffalo looks considerably older to me in this moment. Like really, like, like his head is almost fully gray. Uh, I don't know. He looked a lot older than me, but it could be because since he was Hulk in the last movie, they were able to do whatever they wanted with the hair, you know, and we don't see Mark Ruffalo. But anyway, and then his arm is in a sling, but it looks normal like it looks like it like and of course i guess it would look normal because it was all messed up compared to hulk's body in endgame but i guess compared to ruffalo's normal human body it would look normal but his arm is in a sling which to me notates recovery and then like i said he's he's somehow and not somehow he is he has managed to to be bruce again and not be professor hulk so um i thought that was interesting and then like i said the end scene is just uh um uh, Shang-Chi's sister taking over the Ten Rings group in China because she kind of ran this fight club there. So now she's essentially doing it there. So um, pretty cool stuff. Uh, I can't really think of anything else, but all in all, I would say this movie is ultimately a win for the MCU. I love the 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 homage to the culture. 
I loved how they melded it with modern day. I love the authenticity of it. I absolutely love those first two uh, action scenes. And then my only critiques are, fair, well, I have the one fairly small one, which is the, it, it dragged a bit in the middle. And then the bigger one, which was the clusterfuck uh, dragon sequence at the end, which I, I think that's, that, that sequence, that, that final climax battle went from digestible to indigestible and incomprehensible fairly easily. Um, and, and I feel like the end got away, got away from them a little bit, but uh, not enough to cancel out all the things that I did like. Oh, and I mentioned, I, I also love the visuals as well. So uh, lots of great stuff to love here. I think this is a really solid entry into the MCU for Shang-Chi, and I'm really interested to see where all this is going to go uh, going forward. Looking forward to Eternals in November and Spider-Man in December. So um, as far as MCU films, I'll see you guys then. Peace.